Well, boys, you know, when I, uh, someone once told me that, uh, when you go to college, D equals degree, you know, and sometimes all you need to do in a draft is just not, not fuck up so bad that you're a laughing stock. And today I was looking at the rankings of all the draft classes and they had the Cowboys at 16th, just dead middle, the most that's fine draft class in maybe the entire league. And as a starting point, you know what? That that sounds about right. We're coming off of the 2022 draft, and the Cowboys had some polarizing picks. But all in all, man, it seems, you know, fine. You know, of all the NFL drafts, that was definitely one of them, you know? Oh, well said. Well said. So this um, is uh, this is Boys Will Be Boys. I'm Andy Gatelli. Ben Walker. Zachary Love. We are coming to you live, but a few scant days after the 2022 NFL Draft. As we mentioned, uh, this was an interesting draft. We, if you listened last week to our draft preview show, you know that we were going into this uh, a little, you know, questioning who the Cowboys were going to take. There were some questions about the overall talent level in this draft. There, many teams had expressed that there was probably less than 20 first-round grades in this entire draft to begin with. And so the Cowboys picking at 24, there's a lot of questions about who they would take. Um, so when it came down to it, uh, guys, I guess the first place to start is what was your initial reaction when you get to 24 and – there's a couple guys on the board. Jermaine Johnson was a notable. That was kind of the one ESPN was focusing on. He was this kind of kid with a top 15 grade from Florida State who had not been chosen yet. He was kind of – every year I feel like we get some kid that they're focusing on in the green room. We're watching him have a mental breakdown because his stock is falling in real time. Um, Tyler Linderbaum, you know, my maybe one of my top pet cats was still available. Um, and so there's a couple guys on the board, and the Cowboys are on the clock. How did you feel going into the pick? And then we'll talk about the pick itself. Yeah, pretty bad, honestly. I mean, as always, we we spend a podcast in about 45 minutes talking about guys who absolutely did not fall um, or guys that we wanted. So I knew by the time they picked, there was no one. I'll put it this way. There's no one that I, I just felt like I had to have. I was really at that point, like, just don't fuck it up. And I don't think. Like I said, we'll get to the point, but that, that's really where I was. I think the guys that I particularly wanted felt like they had gotten cleaned out. And there would have been a few names that we did go over last week that were still on the board that I would have liked. But at the end of the day, it wasn't, I don't know, there was no one that I just, uh, usually there's someone on the board where we're picking where I'm really excited about grabbing so-and-so. And, -so and uh, that just uh, wasn't the case. There was, there's no one left except... Unless they had gone Mr. Red Flag George Pickens, who almost fell to us in the second, too. Dude, the um, picture that went around the internet of George Pickens watching himself get drafted on day two is one made of me the love things I've more. ever seen, dude. He is like he the living embodiment of he might he's be the insane. living embodiment of like the NBA young boy fan base. Just like standing in a wife beater and a balaclava, like three like three inches away from the television, watching himself Flexing. get drafted. Yeah, so tight. Full I flex. loved it. So yeah, I instantly he went up. I, I I think he's going to get. I think he may be like out of the league in three. He might be an all pro in two years, but he might be both. Honestly, you never know. But he's 
God, it would have been sick. So outside of him, though, I, I really didn't have, you know, we, we were shooting a lot of texts back and forth in the various group chats. And um, like I said, I don't know. I, I, I didn't feel great. Zach, I know you don't particularly watch college football, so I don't know if there was like a prize guy you wanted. But did you really – I was actually with you. Me and Zach were actually next to each other. It didn't really feel like you had a uh, preference. My main thought was just, for love of God, pick O-line. Don't be fucking cute. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That, that well, was my yeah, only they, thought leading up to this. That they did. Uh, at 24th overall, the Cowboys took Tyler Smith, an offensive tackle out of Tulsa. Um, now, this was met with a you know a mix a mix of reactions from the Cowboys nation. Um, Tyler Smith is fucking huge and incredibly athletic. Uh, and those are yet, the pluses. Those are the pluses. The minuses are he's very unpolished. He's a developmental project, and he is a penalty waiting to happen i mean mel kiper when they now i'm not i'm not gonna i'll be the first one to tell you that you should not take mel kiper's word as god this is the man that said that if jimmy clausen was not an all pro in five years he would quit the the business of draft projections so still waiting on that mel but he also uh, did say josh allen was going to be great because he's a winner and stats are for losers. So. Well, I mean, you can't take that hit, one away from him. I got to give him that one. But uh, he he immediately said that Tyler Smith is probably a year away from being an NFL player, that he'd be surprised if he could contribute meaningfully this year. Which and is not ideal does, when you lose four starters on your offensive sure. side of the ball. And that if he does play this year, it's a testament to how good the coaching staff is in Dallas because right now he's a penalty waiting to happen. Um. This one I've gone back, not truly back and forth, not like love hate. So you hated like, it at the time. I you hated it at the pure. time. Andy, Andy was about to delete the Dallas Cowboy app off his phone. I mean, he, he went, Dude, he went the, dark. It's just, I guess, more than anything, it's that there's probably one, maybe two other players in this draft in the first round that I would not have taken over this guy. Um, yeah. I, I I'll tell you what uh, the the kid that the Patriots took that's a worse pick like objectively I think but this was a huge reach um, on many on most big boards that I've seen he was a solidly second round maybe into the the late I second do round, agree he was ranked he was ranked second or like early mid second but. I will say most mocks had him going late because he is an O lineman and he was probably the last O tackle with super high potential on the board. Yeah, and that's what you're really going for here is it's all you're you're betting on the potential. Um, now compare that, comparing that to what was left on the board in a guy like Tyler Linderbaum, who is a lower ceiling but probably a much much higher floor. So. Um, I'll tell you, I, I started reading rumors that this was their guy during draft day. There's a lot of back and forth. You don't really know if you're putting out noise or they're really putting out signals. But supposedly it came out very early from sources close to the team that, hey, they really like this Tyler Smith. I even texted Andy that morning. Yep, and <laughs> Andy's points at the time, he was like, well, if we get it, I won't hate it, I guess. <laughs> Which is funny because he did later than hate it. But in real time, it felt more painful. Um but yeah, it, it, I, I truly believed what happened for Dallas. And uh, I was telling this to some of the guys we, we saw at the wedding um, this weekend uh, that I think they got cleaned out. And I think if they got cleaned out, 
they're going to kind of do what Zach said and just said, fuck it, take O-line. And from what I read about Linderbaum in Dallas was they thought two things. One, Linderbaum was small, and so he wasn't high on their board. And two, they thought he could. We pointed out Linderbaum is only 5'11". You're going to need to repeat that last point, Ben. Yeah, sorry, Ben. You said he was small, and then we we lost you for a second. Oh, did I freeze? Yeah, sorry. Apologies for my internet to everyone. Um, Yeah, no, okay, so they said about Tyler was they thought he was small for offensive linemen and that he could only play center, and they felt guard and tackle was a bigger need. And they didn't think Biotis could play guard either. So he apparently just wasn't really on their – their board for first round so if that's the case i kind of understand it i think tyler's a more ready now football player but if they really do think guard is more pressing and they have a type of guy and they think this guy's i'm kind of calling him what they did with l collins remember l came out as a tackle and they put him at guard while we had um sure i forget who was right back you know for the first year or two of his career and i actually thought l was a better guard than Mm -hmm. tackle personally but maybe they'll do that with Green, you know, put him at guard before, and if he develops, maybe he'll move to tackle when Tyron Smith gets too old or Terrence Steele's a bum or something, you know. But I, I I, think that was the direction they headed. So all things considered there, I guess I'm saying I think the pick makes sense. But I don't Yeah, know. it's uh, it's a gamble for sure. I'm – man, I just – it's hard for me. I, I get it. Like Tyler Linderbaum is not – ideal center size he's 6'2 296 that isn't perfect and and let's be honest if tyler linderbaum was 6'4 65 he's going top five picks in this draft just based on resume like the kid is he is there you cannot do more at center in college than tyler linderbaum did he's uh he won you know every best center award he's an all-american every fucking year like so yeah, well, the two maybe inches. The Cowboys just think Biotis is better than we do. Like maybe they just aren't. That could be. He did improve a lot last year. I I don't hate Biotis. I don't love Biotis. I think he's just uh, a guy. He did, cut though, down right? on, he, he did cut down on the bad snaps, which I I certainly appreciate. Um, I guess also what hurt my soul is I basically watched the Ravens get like my perfect dream draft. They got Kyle Hamilton mm. and they got Tyler Linderbaum, which is like. That's the all Andy draft pet cat team right there. Like to get the goat safety and then like this perfect center that hold down the same center of your line. Um, so yeah, yeah I mean, Ravens obviously Chiefs, the Ravens and chiefs just hit home runs. Like, I don't know. They're just so well run. They don't reach. They don't do really bad trade ups for players. They don't need, they just hit back and wait for good players to fall yeah. to them pretty much. So the the hope, I guess, is that um, you know that this guy's your left tackle of the future. Um, that's why you spend a first round pick on a guy, and he's certainly got the size and the athleticism. Um, so I guess we, this is one of those: if you trust Will McClay, you trust you know the Cowboys front office, then it's a wait and see thing. And then so, there's the other side of the equation, which I drifted into several times over the weekend, where you're just like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. This is a horrible pick. No, I'm Man, fairly. I think... uh, Go ahead, Zach. I'm fairly positive on this pick overall because I do trust him. And I mean, the biggest thing for me is the penalties, but 
he's getting penalties not because, like, say, Connor Williams, he gets his ass kicked and he has to penalize or else he's just going to be knocked over. He's doing it due to lack of form, lack of training, which is yeah. actually coachable, unlike Connor Williams, where you can't just coach him to not suck. Yeah, you can't coach done, size. You can't coach size. Yeah. I, I guess one of the things, and I pointed this out to Ben, is that this his scouting report reads identical to Taco Charlton. I mean, spitting image, change the side of the ball, and this is the exact same thing. It's rare traits. You can't coach athleticism. You can't coach size. This kid could be an, a world beater if he just gets the correct development cycle through him. Um, now, I will say he seems like less of a shithead than Taco, and so that's awesome. I, I will say per, from the interviews that I've seen of this kid so far, I love him. Like, he seems like a very likable, he's uh, funny, he's lighthearted. Yes, I did see Taco's. Whose pick was that sub, tweet? You, you still the sub. He's got, Jerry. He's, that was pretty he's, good. He got jokes, dude. He got jokes. So, I hated at the time because I was pissed, but I, I do have to give, looking back, that was a, that was a pretty good dig from Taco. He, he seems to have a sense so, of humor for a millionaire who's bad at football, but. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll, we will only time will tell what, what Tyler Smith has uh, to offer. I think uh, this is one of those picks that's going to go down as uh, an A or an F, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, I this agree guy becomes that. your, if your guy becomes, if this guy becomes your left, a starting left tackle in the NFL and he's six, eight and a freak athlete and he's a starter for, you know, half a decade and you got him at 24th and you passed on, guys that were maybe like more sure thing day one, but you know, lower ceiling, you look like a genius. That's an A plus pick. Um, if he, you know, middles at guard for a while and never can make the step up to play, you know, being a real contributor, or if he doesn't see the field at all this year and he ends up, you know, the Connor McGovern style player, um, this is going to go down as one of our, our worst picks. So high, high upside and low floor for sure. Um, so that was, that was um, it for the Cowboys in the first round. Wanna... Sorry. I was just going to say, I think it's interesting, you know, that we have this reputation of really being able to identify great offensive line talent, but most of those draft picks that everyone's credit for were a decade ago. Like Tyron Smith was in 2011, right? That they took yeah. him. And, I mean, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, I mean, those guys were years ago. The last, like, really good draft pick the Cowboys have had on the O-line was probably Terrence Steele, who they picked up as an undrafted free agent. So it wasn't even like they really found this polished gem. They just kind of signed a guy that worked his ass off and came in favor with the coach. And, and they developed him. Like, they have a good – They, they did. No, no, good, no. I give a lot of credit uh, for coaching for and development. offensive line talent. Yeah. It's it's interesting though. I, I I do wonder if they miss on this one. Will that allure that their Dallas is always so good at identifying, you know, offensive line kind of gets worn off. I'm just wondering, you know, because it seems like they've missed on a lot of their mid round O linemen. So yeah, we will have to see. Skier, so let's say I me mean, Tyler Smith was just not in this draft at all. Would both of you have said that you'd want us to go Linderbaum then in that situation? He's certainly in the top two guys. So it's him I or think, Jermaine Johnson or yeah, probably. Jermaine, my big thought of this is, yes, I want Linderbaum. 
he's not the best. The, who we got is not the best, but there wasn't that much available. Is also my thing. That's kind of where I'm at too. I don't like, think the oppor- who else? opportunity cost was too high of taking and, Kyler because I don't think they left us. I I probably would have gone. Oh, I think we lost Zach, but that's okay. He's back. I think that's That's okay. Um, I think you know, looking at who came after, it's so easy to play the hindsight game. I think. I would have loved – you probably could have talked me into Devin Lloyd, and I know that's another linebacker to invest a first-round pick in, but getting the best linebacker, best player at his position is always something I I applaud teams for, and I think if you could have had him and Micah and Hart in the middle of your defense for hopefully five, six, seven years, you know, that would have been really fun. You could have talked me into that. You, apparently they had a – What's his name? The safety out of Georgia who went last pick of the draft to the Vikings. Uh, Lewis, Lewis seen. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they had him one grade higher than they had Tyler, uh, Tyler Smith. So, but as me and Andy said, they never take safeties and he's a cool safety. So of course they weren't going to take him. I would have, I would have been totally fine with, uh, I would have totally been fine with Jermaine Johnson, uh, Defensive sure. end out of Florida State. Who or Karloftis. Two picks later. Yeah, Karloftis was great. Um, yeah, Karloftis was great. Uh, Jermaine Johnson was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, yeah, there were some great players. Pretty much anyone after uh, our pick in the first round, other than the Cole Strange pick, I would have been like, that works. Um, but again, this Tyler Smith pick could pay off way more than these guys. It's it's Again, it's this high upside, low floor thing where yeah it, it'll either look genius or idiotic and probably not anywhere in between um and i do think there's a little bit i saw that dave hellman said the cowboys are behaving like they got big boyed in the playoffs and so they're choosing players based around this concept of like we need to be more physical like we need to have the physical tools to dominate a team in the trenches and this is the kind of guy that, like, he plays mean. He's fucking huge. He has rare athletic ability for a man his size. This is the kind of guy that, if it does, you know, pan out, like, this is exactly the kind of player that you would have wanted to have, you know, assuming, again, assuming he pans out. This is the kind of guy you would want to have against a team like San Francisco when we played him in the playoffs. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. I'm definitely going to, this is one of those situations where, for me anyway, uh, him and Tyler Linderbaum are going to be attached to the hip in my head forever. Like I'm going to always watch how Linderbaum's career goes and how Tyler Smith's career goes. And I will always compare them as like guys we could have, this is the two players that I would have wanted to have. Um, Very similar to how like Cowboys fans are forever fucking cursed to hear about TJ Watt until the end of fucking time, because they chose Taco Charlton with TJ Watt still on the board. Um, So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Um, now, the Cowboys did end up uh, kind of continuing this uh, trend of high athletic prowess with maybe a little bit of need on the development side in the second round at number 56 overall. Um, they took uh, – he's listed as Sam Williams in the draft, but he told the Cowboys media afterwards that his – so his name is Samuel DeGarrick Williams, and he goes by Day, D-A. Um, defensive end out of Ole Miss – uh, this is kind of a very similar, more of a pass rush version of Micah Parsons. So Micah coming out, they didn't really know he could rush the passer like he could. He was more of this traditional linebacker role. Day is definitely like a Micah Parsons type skill set who has specialized in rushing the passer. So 
Uh, he runs a 4-4. He was an all-SEC pick last year, and this guy had 12 and a half sacks in the SEC in 2021. Um, I sent you guys the Baldy's breakdown video today. Um, you know, I, I do trust Baldy's analysis. He tends to be a pretty good analyst and talent scout. And to quote him, when it comes to just purely rushing the passer, there is no one that does it better than than this kid. So I am very fucking excited about this pick. I think this is awesome, especially to have him yeah, paired with Micah. Like that's such an awesome weapon set. And I think they're going to play him much more as a pure pass rusher. You know, at Ole Miss, they played him. They didn't play him on the edge always. They played him on the inside a little bit, which he, yeah, which is why he probably didn't go as high um, when he was on the edge. Did him very highly as a pure edge guy, and a lot of people said he was probably the last chance of getting elite pass rusher in the draft. Um, now, some people said he was more of a third round pick. Again, I don't. You're splitting hairs at 56, but I think once again they went with need. I think you know this was another one where there was guys in front, like Pickens went two picks in front of them. Sky Moore went right, in, you know, three picks in front of him. Um, and then a tight end, I forget the top tight end, who I'm glad we didn't take because I hate drafting tight ends high. Truthfully, I think the league does a terrible job at identifying elite tight end talent, so I'd rather take a dart throw or late round pick. That said, uh, three guys I think they probably would have taken all got taken almost immediately in front of them. So, How do you feel about the, uh, the off-the-field stuff with him? I mean... <laughs> that worries great, me. But... Yeah. I mean, you never know because... That could always still come back up the same case. I, I I tend to to group off the field shit into like two buckets. In one bucket is like weed, in which case I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like that, you know, whatever. As long as the kid seems to be like saying the right things, doing the right things, like whatever. Then we have the bucket that I like to call the uh who is the kid we took last year? Ball. Kelvin Joseph. Oh. No, the other one. Yeah, ball. Uh, his last ball. name Ball, the Josh yeah. Ball Memorial Sexual Assault and Battery Bucket of Players, um, dude, I ugh, I'm real uncomfortable with dudes that anything involving date rape, sexual assault, domestic violence, all those things are very problematic. Um, and this kid was, uh, you know, charged with sexual battery in 2020, kicked off the Ole Miss team and reinstated. And you better believe that this kid would have gone higher had he been on the team yeah. for all that time and not gotten these charges. Now, it's um, worth saying the charges were dropped, but as we know, in this that can mean world, yeah, yeah, and this world, especially old this dude, like the the dirtiest fucking football program in the worst. Well, and place it's just it's really hard States. to get like sexual assault cases you know verdict found guilty you know because they can always yeah. just turn back on right consensual or it's just For hard sure. to prove it's a he said she said so i don't really take much stock in like sean watson like fucking Schefter carrying his water being like yeah he didn't get charged in all these 23 cases so i guess he's innocent i was like nah he's probably <laughs> piece of shit but um so yeah I, and I this kind kid is kind of Randy. carrying it like that his his quote was it's the past obviously i didn't do anything so yeah, El Jerry. Now El here's, the thing. The here's the thing. I will say, if yeah. this is like if you were accused of something you didn't do, he that is what you would say, right? Like, 
you can't you can't apologize if you didn't actually do something. So I understand if he truly is innocent and he was falsely accused, which I tend to not believe that happens very often. That is such a fucking rare occurrence that is like, you know, lauded as this very common thing that is yeah, almost a myth. But I'm certainly not going to hand wave it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough. I, I guess I'm hoping this is similar to the Micah Parsons, you know weirdo locker room shit where this was done when he was a kid kind of and I mean, he Michael was immature and dumb was more just like dumb kids hazing each I, other for everything I, I hear it's not like yeah he but he was actually still... raping this kid he just waggled no no I understand that I, like, what, what I'm what I'm, what I'm I guess what I'm getting at is I'm hoping that this is a this is more of a symptom I'm what I'm hoping is that this was less of a like pathological sexual predator thing and more of a like making a really bad decision because you're a drunk 18 year old thing and you've grown and you're not that human anymore i guess is that, what that's I'm fair at. i understand what you're saying now okay um yeah definitely i don't want to group micah parsons in with someone who's uh, you know sexually battering women because he did not do that but man i won't lie the the uh that sucks but the on the field production great. is stupid good like you 12 know and a half it, sacks in the sec is ridiculous Dallas tends to, in their second round, take gambles. I mean, Randy Gregory was a second-round yep. pick they gambled on. Tank was Kel a second-round pick. Kelvin Joseph. Kelvin Joseph was a second-round pick with off-the-field issues. I mean, that seems to be, in the first round, they rarely do that. And the second round really is there, if there's a guy with high talent that falls, I guess they think blowing a second-rounder on it is is decent enough that it's not, I don't know. I don't know what I think decent's the right word, but I think it's, risk appropriate is is probably how they would yeah, label it. It definitely fits fits their risk profile. So I mean in a year where you lost Randy Gregory and you've got D Law Dorrance Armstrong, you brought in Dante Fowler. Um I think this is a ton of upside on this pick. I think he's I like if he it. can keep his nose clean. I think this is probably my I hate to say this about a guy with that kind of, of you know, rap sheet, but this might be my favorite pick of the draft for us. It's between this and our third round pick. I probably, um, the only person I wanted more there was N'Kobe Dean who fell and then it came out and he kind of had some red flags with medical and he fell to the yeah. third round where the Eagles, great pick, honestly, took him. I still probably would have taken him a second because he has potential to be the best linebacker in the draft, but I get it. I mean, they, they need... They need someone who can get after the pass rusher besides and tank. And, you know, I mean, other than that, you know, like I said, I was only disappointed because I think I would have preferred Sky Moore, Pickens fall a little bit, but it is what it is. I don't, I don't hate it given what happened. So I, I'd say it's a solid B of a pick, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So after going, uh, you know, the two sides of the line on their first two picks, the Cowboys finally get, you know, kind of a sexy pick in the third round. Um, mm. There had been talk of them taking a wide receiver in even as high up as the first round. Uh, certainly in the second round, there were wide receivers Thank people God were they looking at. I think, round. no, I think one of, the, one of their guys had fallen, they would have. You know, like I said, I go back to just real quick on the first round, what I wanted to say too is they lost like, dude, six wide receivers came off the board before they picked. And then, yeah. Both the O tackles they thought would fall and Cross and Penning went off the board. And both the guards we wanted them to take and Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green got taken. I really do think their draft board got cleaned out. And so they decided yeah. 
kind of to Zach's point, we'll just take the O-linemen we have the highest upside on right now. This was a and weird draft because, first of all, you have cornerbacks. You have two cornerbacks going the top four, which is yeah. nuts. Like, for, and Derek, I got to say, that's, that's not that awesome. I have any a bad word to say about Derek Stingley Jr., but three overall is pretty crazy by the Texans. You know, I wanted to put money on that because there was a lot of smoke around that the night before that apparently they fell in love with him. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then as soon as the wide receivers start to go at the eighth overall pick, they go off like crazy. You have four wide receivers go in the first 12 picks, including 10, 11 and 12. So Drake London goes at eight to the Falcons. Uh, Garrett Wilson goes at 10 to the jets. Chris Olave goes to the Saints at 11, and then Jamison Williams goes to the Lions uh, at 12. And then you also have Jahan Dotson go to uh, the Washington. Which Washington at kind of a take, kind of a kind of a reach there by Washington. IMO. Yeah, I I, I like uh, Jahan Dotson, but I don't think he's worth the 16th pick. I think he maybe has the best like pure hands in this draft, but not a great. Not not I, I think with Traylon Burke still on the board, that's that's a no brainer. You think they would have taken the Burke? Got him over Smith. I guess we'll never know, but yeah, I get, there's no way to know. I mean, I would. Oh, I would have been more mad if they had passed. If they had passed on, yeah, Burks, certainly. If Traylon if Traylon Burks was there at 24 and we had taken Tyler Smith, I would probably be pretty pissed about it. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I think that might have been right. their hope that he fell. So. So that's why I don't hate the Tyler Smith. And I think, you know, I mean, we command, you know, applaud, I guess, Baltimore for kind of taking best player available. I think Dallas strayed from that a little bit. I think they had their eyes on like, hey, if so-and-so is not here, this is who we're getting. If so-and-so is not here, here's our guy. And I think just the guys that they wanted to fall didn't fall. So they said, hey, we may be able to get this guy later, but we're going to go ahead and take him now because we like him. And I think they did that yeah. in both the first and second round, which is why people are a little perturbed, right? Like they see Lamb, they certainly didn't need the year they took CD. It's just he was too good to pass on. Right? He was the BPA and even, for sure. Even Micah shot. was the BPA, right? They were kind of forced yeah, into it I, to cornersmen off the boards. But I, I like that way of drafting a little bit more than just gambling on a need. But agreed because is. you you rarely you re, you you truly almost never reach when you're drafting for best player available. If you box yourself in, other teams can maneuver around you if they know what position you're going to take, etc. Um, but yeah, all that said, the Cowboys, you know, they had held off on wide receiver for the first two rounds, um, but it was probably likely they're going to try to address it sometime in this draft, given that Amari Cooper's gone, Cedric Wilson's gone. Michael Gallup is coming off of a knee injury that he probably it's pretty much a known fact. He's not going to be back for week one. And so with the, uh, the beginning of the CD lamb era, uh, they wanted to get somebody to go out there and run that third wide receiver spot uh, and potentially even wide receiver two uh, while Michael Gallup returns from injury. And the selection for that was at, uh, you know, a little fortuitous here, pick number 88, which I like. Uh, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. Um, now this is a small school kid, uh, but he, this is one of those guys that you're just hoping his domination can go uh, up against higher competition. Uh, last year he had 1400 yards on 82 catches for eight touchdowns. 
He put up a 143-yard game against Tennessee in his only game against the SEC last year. So the one time he got to see SEC cornerbacks, he lit them up just like he had lit up all these other kids at smaller schools. Um, he's tall, uh, but kind of a thinner frame. He's in the 190s, so he's probably going to have to put on a little weight, and the hope is that he can keep that 4-4 speed, uh, even packing on you know, 10, 15 pounds, which uh, hopefully the Dallas Cowboys strength and conditioning uh, program can allow him to do. Um, but I, I like this pick, honestly. I, I watched a lot of this kid's film after he got picked, and this is very much shades of Michael Gallup. I remember when we took Michael Gallup out of Colorado State, oh, yeah. very similar story. Smaller school guy who had dominated, very similar game to Gallup, maybe a tad more physical than Gallup. He's, this kid is really good about contested catches over the middle. He can play in the slot. He can go vertical. Uh, 50-50 balls around this kid become 70-30 balls, uh, and he has a very polished, extensive route tree for a guy uh, coming out at this point in his career. So there's a lot to like. Um, the question is going to be, you know can he maintain the explosiveness, the speed, the elusiveness with a little more size on him, and can he do this against, you know, he's going to be playing every single week against players that are better than anyone he's ever played against. You know, he's he's got the dog in him, you know, going back to yep. kind of what you read, what Hellman said. And I think what Dallas truly believes, whether, you know, there's a lot of talk that McCarthy was apparently saying what it takes to win in the playoffs, almost as if Dallas doesn't have some of those meaner physical guys. And it seems that they went out and got a few. This guy fits that profile. He's a like if you watch, you can't watch a highlight tape with him where he's not turning around and saying something immediately. He will turn off the the older fan base for sure. He is a it's he is a shit me, talker. Baby. He's a dog. He's a shit talker. He will get in your face. Uh, he was interviewed on the fan right after he got picked. And uh, Brian Broadus, you know who who does a lot of scouting. He was said, uh, you know, I was watching your tape and I noticed, you know, you you like to get in jaw. You know, you like to jaw at the guy. And he goes, man, sometimes you gotta let him know. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm all about that answer. Instantly fell in love. So. uh I, I love that, you know, because Gallup's kind of a quiet guy. I don't know if I've ever heard Gallup speak to another human being. CD's no, Gallup a showboater. Like a, I don't. Yeah. CD's kind Sorry, of Deshaun Jackson. No, no, no. I was gonna say CD's more Deshaun Jackson, more of a showboater than he is a straight shit talker. You know, I mean, I know yeah. Zach's got the the famous picture of him waving off uh whatever the Patriots uh, CB Patriots is last corner. year. I mean, CD will definitely let you I'm know, but he's that. more of a show better shows up. He's definitely a showboater. This kid's kind of the Des Bryant, like, I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to let you know what I think of you type uh, wide receiver, which I love. I think that's a good three-way balance between those guys if he if he winds up hitting. So, Yeah, and I, and I think there's a real opportunity for this kid to contribute immediately if he, if he has the, you know, the skills to pay the bills, so to speak. Um, Dude, his stats Dallas, were nice at the end of the year, man. They really were. Great stats. He has uh, he put up a 250 yard game, which like nuts. Um, and again, like it's going to be the CD show with Gallup, you know, coming back in probably week two, week three. There's nobody else really on that depth chart that is going to take. I mean, Brendan Fajoko is not going to be a, a premier number two, number three receiver. Um, and especially with this guy's ability to make contested catches over the middle. You let Gallup go out on the edge, you let CD operate, and then you put this kid in the slot and let him just work the middle of the field or like run, you know, kind of post patterns out of the center of the formation. Like this kid can do a lot of damage. And 
uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see it. I think that this is a really good opportunity for us to get a kind of a three-headed uh, wide receiver core of without breaking the bank. Obviously, we're going to have to pay CD at some point, but for now, Gallup's on a somewhat affordable deal. This kid's a rookie, and CD's on his rookie deal. You know, I really like what they have in the wide receiver room. You know, Zach, you talked about last pod, you know, when me and Andy talked about the absence of Cooper, what it really meant for this team and what it meant for this offense, and we didn't touch too much on it. I I may be naive, and I'm not saying this fixes the loss of Amari Cooper, but I really do like what they have right now. Assuming Gallup comes back from the ACL and he's still Gallup. Like, I, I do think CeeDee Lamb can fill into the wide receiver one role. I do think he can take that. I don't know if he can ever be elite, but I think he can be in the very good contributor wide receiver range. Um, and I think I just think they have a good balance. And as much as I dogged the Schultz tag because it was fucking unnecessary, um, I, I you know, it is a reliable set of hands, if nothing else there. He's not bad. And, and I agree with that. I think you look at our offense, and there is no excuse for our offense to prevent us from going into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I agree with that. And speaking of the Schultz tag, uh, the Cowboys obviously let Blake Jarwin go, and they've got Schultz on the tag, but that's not a long-term solution. And so they went out in the fourth round and secured uh, a big old white boy to play tight end, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Um, This kid might as well be fucking Dalton Schultz. Like, it is strikingly similar. Jason Witten in his 30s, just... Yeah, I mean, Jason Witten was, uh, yeah, uh, uh, in his 30s is the key yes, part of that yes. sentence. This kid is yes. not about to break the bank. He had uh, 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns in his career. So, you know, that's a great season. That's an amazing season. But um, this is just one of those guys that's like he's really polished route runner, great hands, highly, you know, he's re- he's pro-ready day one, but he's probably a – if he was the starter and getting, you know, all the reps, he's like a 500 yard four touchdown guy. Um, yeah, he's, but basically everything does that I saw about him was the first three guys. You know, as far as athleticism scores are great, and then you have Ferguson, who is an above average at everything guy except a below average NFL athlete, and that's kind of how it was said to me. Good hands, can block a little, can run, you know, catch a little, can kind of do it all, but he's not an elite athlete so if he can if he can teach schultz to block a little bit that'd be great i would be stupendous that'd be a great use of the fourth round pick um, look schultz so was a not... fourth rounder right and he turned yep. we didn't even know about him till his really last year until jarwin got part. hurt like until until jarwin yeah. like couldn't take the so rest, i'm not so... i'm not expecting anything from this guy's first year tight ends notoriously are as i said nfl it's hard to find one so he may not even i mean we may not even see much of him his rookie year but i think yeah. you know and, they do I hope run two tight end sets. He'll be all right. Yeah. They do run two tight end sets, and they've got Sean McKeon and Jeremy Sprinkle still on the roster. Oh, um, so he'll mix in with those guys. We'll probably see him on the field on you know running plays, these kind of two tight end jumbo package sets. We'll see what happens. Um, in round five, the Cowboys went back to the O-line and got Matt Walletsko out of North Dakota. So this kid was a – uh, three-year uh, starter at uh, North Dakota. Um, he's six foot seven, three twelve. Um, this is frankly a depth pick. Uh, this kid is there to to be a camp body. I think they're hoping that he's going to be like the new Connor McGovern. 
Uh, not a ton to say about this guy other than, I mean, he's big and he played tackle a lot in college and, uh, he has shown some degree of, uh, position flex in that he can play some other positions on the line. Um, but we're into the fifth round now. Uh, I don't know if you're as far as offensive linemen go, there's not a ton to say about offensive linemen. They get taken in the fifth round unless anyone else has some thoughts. Sometimes you get lucky. I mean, sometimes you get lucky. That's all you're hoping for. Sure. You find a gym. I mean, Steele was a gym. The, the center that the Chiefs took last year, I believe, was a fifth or sixth round guy, and he turned into a really, really solid player right out the gate. I mean, you sometimes find guys like this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, chances are he's nothing more than a depth piece. But – you know, that's definitely a point where they they are getting thin. You know, we used to think of O-line as the best part of this team for the better half of a decade. I just don't believe that's true anymore. I believe they live off reputation more than anything. So getting as many bodies as you can to throw at the problem and hoping one of them hits, go for it. Agreed. Agreed. And similar situation at, at cornerback. You can just never have enough good cornerbacks in the NFL and really not enough cornerbacks, period. Um, so the Cowboys with three fifth round picks this year with their second one at number 167 overall, they went out and got Deron Bland. He's a cornerback out of Fresno state. Um, this kid fits the Dan Quinn mold. He's six foot. He's almost 200 pounds. So the, the, you know, the brand new prototype of or archetype of the NFL, the big body corner, um, not a bad career at all. Five picks, 23 pass deflections, uh, forced four fumbles over the course of his career. Um, and I think they're probably, you know, they want to make sure they have enough cornerback depth so that they can develop some guys because one, we don't know the final, final outcome of the Kelvin Joseph situation. And we also don't know what the situation is going to be with Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis at the end of uh, next year, or at the end of this year when both of them are free agents. So uh, interested to see what Duran can do. You know, not for nothing, Fresno State's at least put out a few pros, right? I mean, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. It's not, that's not Derek nothing. Derek Carr, they, Devontae they Adams, yeah. Do find a, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean. I'm just no, I mean, if you, like, if you uh, live in Fresno, if you live in Fresno, California, and you play for Fresno State, you have two choices. You can either get really good at your sport or you can do methamphetamine. And so – some go one way, some go the other, and <laughs> obviously they can. Some of them can play football, so hopefully this is one of them. Um, round five, they went back to linebacker. Uh, this time, back to LSU for Damone Clark. Um, I took this as when I saw this pick, I was like, you know what? I hadn't thought about it, but the fact that they didn't take another linebacker, a true linebacker. Obviously, Day Williams plays linebacker, but more in that edge rush role. The fact that they didn't take a true linebacker until the fifth round is pretty good news for Jabril Cox. Um, I think that to me says that the Cowboys are, you know, pretty confident that that kid can come back and play. Um, I personally was very excited to see what Jabril Cox could do last year. And I was sad that he got hurt because I thought he was on his way to having his own little micro breakout season, you know, in the limited role, they're going to let him, you know, get his time in on the field. Um, but I think this year he could he could definitely have an impact, especially with uh, the linebacker situation as it is. Um, and Damone Clark is uh, another guy that's going to come in and from the same you know same system. Um, he had 135 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, four pass deflections, and one interception last season alone. So this kid did everything for the LSU Tigers. 
Um, unfortunately, uh, he has kind of an injury history. Uh, he had a major knee injury his uh, uh, in 2016. So this kid has been playing for fucking ever. He's old and he has an injury history. And so that's why he's so far down the draft list. But he did ball out last year. I mean, 135 tackles and five and a half sacks from the inside linebacker position is no shit. Yeah, I was, once again, fine with the pick. And, you know, day three, it's hard to really criticize any pick out there. So, uh, I mean, no one can be too upset if one of our three fifth-round picks doesn't work out. I don't know, you know. No, all of them could not work out. And and we did did take a a defensive tackle from Arkansas at 178. Chances are they won't. Yeah, for sure. A lot of these guys will make the team. Uh, John Ridgway out of Arkansas, defensive tackle. And then the last pick, round six, 193 overall, another linebacker, Devin Harper from Oklahoma uh, State, I should say. Um, So that was uh, the draft as it was. And then the Cowboys picked up a couple uh, interesting undrafted free agents, one of which was uh, a little guy by the name of Jonathan Garibay, kicker, Texas Tech University. Yes. Um, this oh, kid's actually go. pretty fucking good, dude. Like he was 15 of 16 20. last year, and he he hit a 62 yarder to beat Iowa State. He was 49 of 50 on PATs. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna be a world beater, but it's that sounds a shitload better than fucking Greg Z. So I'm down. Yeah, anything to replace Greg Z, an undrafted free agent. That's exactly what you want to spend on him. And, you know, it, me and Andy are both from Tech. We watched Tech football. Miserable. He did provide the sole highlight this season, it felt like, with the, the game-winning 62-yarder. Yeah. Um, pretty good. I mean, like I said, 15-16 last year, 23-27 in his career. Only missed two pats in his entire college career. I know the NFL point after touchdown line is deeper, but – yeah, give him a shot, man. I mean, if they want to bring in another guy to to um, compete with him, sure. You want to see him thrive in that. Most but, uh, yeah, of course. You know, they also – say... um... Go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. I was just going to say, the only other uh, undrafted free agents I really took note of were uh, they got Dontario Drummond out of Ole Miss. Uh, he's a 1,000-yard, eight-touchdown guy at Ole Miss last year. So – he had a pretty decent season against the SEC competition. Should be interesting. Um, out of Boston College, they got Alec Lindstrom. Uh, now, Alec Lindstrom is interesting because they're obviously Tyler Tyler Linderbaum was a uh, you know first-round talent at center. And uh, Alec Lindstrom from Boston College was the only offensive lineman in FBS last year with a higher block grade and higher block win percentage than Tyler Linderbaum. Um, Alec Lindstrom balled out at Boston College. Um, now he's a little bit uh rough in some aspects of the game, but I'm interested to see. Uh, you know, I like that they're bringing in bodies to push guys like Biotish, uh, you know, guys whoever's going to slide into the obviously, I think it's going to be Tyler Smith who's going to slide into that left guard spot, but someone for him to compete with. Um, this sounds like a great guy to do that. Um, and then last but not least, just a kid that I remember from the old recruiting circuit days, uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart. This was like 
a five-star kid, a parade All-American, one of the best cornerbacks. I think he's like the second best cornerback behind Pat Sertain in in high school in the entire country in 2018. And then went to USC, had an injury, and then USC just kind of sucked and he fell out of prominence. Um, but he's six foot one and he runs a four four two forty. Um could be a very interesting upside guy. I like it. Yeah, I didn't have much for undrafted. You know, the only guy, uh, Florida A&M safety, Marquise Bell. I was pretty saw some buzz about him, and I watched him. Kid lays a fucking hammer, so I uh, hope he makes the roster. He'll be my uh, early pet cat, early candidate for pet cat. I think this year, maybe not at this point. Well, maybe this point, because I don't know when we'll, we'll do another pod, but we need to pick a, a pet cat, right? Zach, the, a pet cat, essentially a fringe guy. He may make the roster. He may not. But a guy who kind of pops in preseason can't obviously be a star or a high draft pick. But a, a guy you want to – a guy that you just latch on to early. And uh, I don't know, Marquise Bell, he might – So uh, what are, what are, the, what are the perimeter – what are the perimeter – what are the parameters for pet cat? Like, do they have to be, are we saying like below the third round or they have to be day three, day three or undrafted guy. Okay. So rounds four or later effectively, or, or a guy that joins like real late and might have gotten, you know, gets a shot, but basically, yeah, like he doesn't have to have been drafted okay. by us. If we bring in like a rando free agent that pop, you know, like the George Selvey kind of came out of nowhere one year. Yeah. Or yeah, uh, yeah, Tayron Curse came out of nowhere last year. I mean, he technically wasn't a pit. I mean, he was a multi-year veteran, but just somebody who 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 you have fight for. So I don't know if we want to do that today, but uh, if we did it today, uh, Marquise Bell, he's 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 the walk star pet cat, the hope like to make that. the roster. I like that a lot. Um, you know, I think overall my my pet cat of the whole team uh, is is a Jalen Tolbert. I'm very very high on him, but he does not meet our qualifications. So I think I'm going yeah, go to be on the USC team. Cor- He's a third rounder. For he'll sure, be on the team for, for sure. sure. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with former USC cornerback Isaac Taylor Stewart. Um, I saw this kid play high school ball. He was a fucking monster. Um, he's got all the physical tools, dude. I think under you know it gets a little dan quinn coaching i think this kid could be a great nickel corner for the dallas cowboys all right zach choose uh you don't have to choose someone we drafted this year you can even choose the kicker if you want you know just uh somebody you have your eye on all right uh that's actually gonna be uh lakendrick Vanzant. you guys didn't talk about interesting him, right? no we did not i don't think we did no, do tell. Tell us about LaKendrick Van Zandt. I'm not picking him because safety. And when I saw his name, I was like, oh, is he related to Steven Van Zandt in some way? He is not. So that's my choice. Well, hey, hey, I like it. If hey, you don't that's, know, Steven Van Zandt played. Uh, yeah, Steven so, Van Zandt. So he went to TCU. He went to TCU, so he's probably uh, you know, a horrible human being based on what I know about TCU football players. Um, but started 10 games last year. Dude, this kid, he balled. Okay, I Dude, like you this. Remember, you remember my original pet cat? Well, actually, I don't know about original, but my best pet cat that turned into something, Xavier Woods X, six-round yeah, pick. You were early, you were early on the Xavier Woods hype train. He was. Uh, also, so, uh, uh, yeah. so Looks like he's 40. Yeah, he definitely does. I'm looking at his picture like on the – 
Because we also had a, a undrafted free agent, Big Cat Brian or some shit. What's his nickname? Yeah, from UCF. Yeah, from UCF, Big Cat Brian. <laughs> he's That's awesome. Sick. That's a sick. He's a, he's a pretty. He was pretty decent at UCF, um, to be honest. So, yeah. Dude, Dude I well, it's not even. The, I don't even know if it's a nickname. Like it's a... like his official listed name, like on the roster. It says Big Cat, which is awesome. <laughs> Well, you know, that's cool. I, I do love the, uh, the the people who follow the draft and the Cowboys cycle get so pumped up about undrafted free agent. Like, Dallas is out a stud undrafted class. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Like, outside of kicker, how that, many of these guys are relatively who, who, got who a was chance that to wide receiver that was Who was that wide receiver that was at camp every fucking year? And they were always like, this is his year. He's going to make the team this year. Dude, I think he's still made. there. He's always on the practice squad. Lance Lenore? Lance Lenore, thank you. Oh my god, dude. That guy was like a seven-year practice squad player for the Cowboys. A little serious people get like, I really love this guy for our sixth wide receiver. I'm like, all right, cool. So he might have like 10 snaps this season. First if of you, all, if you, I don't hey, want anyone, hey, I don't want anyone taking Noah Brown reps. Okay. I Noah needs those to stay sharp and lethal. Dude, Noah Brown has some fucking staying power. He's like a he's like a Ariana Grande single, like that motherfucker stays in the charts for a long time. He must, he must bring like donuts to every meeting, you know. Like he's just like good to have around. Everyone just fucks with him, super heavy, even though he doesn't do anything. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, boys. So overall, uh, we've gone through every pick. We've gone through how we felt about the pick, but overall, you know, Dallas Cowboys draft. Give me your thoughts on how the Cowboys did both. Uh, just in a vacuum, like how, just how, what grade you'd give them. And then how do you think they did against their, the, maybe the rest of the NFC East, the rest of the league, et cetera. I'll start. Um, I, I give yeah, the Cowboys please. overall a B. Okay. Which I'm using the sense of just pretty average. Technically, okay. maybe you should say that should be a C, but I think that the C is, you know, you showed up essentially. You did the bare sure. minimum. This overall they meet the uh, they met the needs they need overall. Yeah, no, I'm Casey would just be repeating myself earlier on. I'm much higher on this draft than most people. I'm not that yeah. high on it, but I'd give it a B compared to the rest okay. of the NFC East. Not that high. Uh, they yeah. did much much better than us. They also NFC East did really well. well. They picked much I much earlier say. than us. Yeah, they had way better Fuck picks. Them. They're more, gonna waste more, it all. They're picks. bums. Yeah. All right, yeah. you guys. Are going Giants had like, yeah, this gonna say Giants had two top seven. Like, someone texted me in one of my chats and was like, "Wow, our rivals are killing it." And I was like, "Yeah, the Giants had two top seven picks. Like, it's hard to fuck that up. Like, you're gonna get two pretty elite players." But um, the oh, Eagles it is worth mentioning. Yeah, I don't think so because um, I'm just glad they didn't get Sauce Gardner because that was my boy. But Evan Neal is fucking awesome. Then uh, Kayvon is cool as shit, by the way. But um, the Eagles are interesting. You know, they took uh, Jordan Walker, who I thought, you know, I kind of wanted. Uh, not Walker. Uh, who Jordan, Davis. Jordan Davis. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jordan Davis. Uh, who I mentioned on the pod. Big motherfucker in the middle. And then they traded for A. Brown, which was kind of the early hype, which is pretty nuts. Um, I How think do you feel pick. about that? Do you think that's a good – do you think that that is – I think Tennessee is smarter about, about it. Brown. Yes, I think AJ Brown's a top ten receiver. I still think Tennessee did the right thing because 
you're about to owe a guy a hundred mil and instead he turned that into Traylon Burks and you know they also yep. got Robert Woods in the offseason. So I think they're gonna be just fine. I think they probably played it smarter for the cap. That said, I do think AJ Brown's great. That said, Jalen Hurts cannot get these guys the ball, in my opinion. This will be a real make or yeah, break well here said. for Hurts. It doesn't matter if you have I mean now they, they do have a great I mean their receiver core is really fun to have AJ Brown and uh What's his face? Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard is tight end. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, part of me thinks don't so say that name around me, Ben. Don't say that as much name as we, around me. As, as much as we joke about it, he's a he's way overpaid, but he is a solid tight end. He's like if yeah, he's Schultz fine. was actually good. Yeah, I, I do think if, part of what the Eagles are doing is Schultz was like ten percent better and yeah. paid nine thousand percent as much. Yeah. No, I think part of what the Eagles are doing. Is trying to make their position, uh, their team more attractive to other quarterbacks. If Jalen Hurst doesn't work out, which I don't think he will, you have more things yeah, to throw to. Yeah. You have it's a, it's a better team. We're close. We just need a good quarterback. And well, and the Saints say, are fucking this year where the, they were trash. The Saints, they have another first rounder next year. The Eagles because they're going to have three this year, and they trade. So next year they have two again. So they're they're doing the right things to build a team, which sucks because I. We're going to get to a point where our division rivals are not inept forever. We've been lucky that no good quarterback's been in our division for about six years since really Kirk Cousins left, and we used to kick Kirk Cousins' ass. So, it, you know, it is it is strange. Man, I'm, that I'm looking at it. Is Dalton Schultz better than Dallas Goddard? Um, Well, Goddard gets hurt more, but I still don't okay. think so. I think Goddard so actually la- demands – Last two years – Last two years, Dallas Goddard in 2020 had 46 catches for 524 yards and three touchdowns. Dalton Schultz in 2020 had 46 catches for 524 yards and three touchdowns. Last year, uh, our boy Dallas Goddard had 78 catches for 808. And I'm sorry, I'm reading these backwards. Dallas Goddard had... 56 catches for 830 yards and four touchdowns in 2021. And Dalton Schultz had 78 catches for 808 yards and eight touchdowns. So, I mean, you know, like they, they have pretty similar catch numbers, pretty similar yardage numbers, but Dalton Schultz catches a lot more TDs at least over the last two seasons. Yeah. For what it's worth, I would say, I get what you mean. I think Goddard's overpaid. I'd still much rather have him than Schultz. Yeah. And I think he had to play behind Zach Ertz for like two, three and a half years until Ertz finally got traded. I mean, Philly was just really weird yeah. about splitting their snaps. And as much as we war against PFF and I hate PFF, he did have like a 89 PFF grade last year. So, um, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't, it's not the end all be all. But... I didn't know he had an 89. Like, uh, Schultz, had a, Schultz had a 78, I think. So, also higher than I would have given Schultz, but whatever. Schultz is fine. I I guess it's just like can if Schultz does it again, like if Schultz has another eight hundred yard, eight touchdown year, I guess I'll just have to shut the fuck up and just like say he's good. Oh, I will. That's I, a good, I that's fully, a great year. That's a great year. I, like I fully hope I can he say about that. Tweets us because he gets doubted a lot. I just don't. I just don't. I'll, I'll admit that like half my Schultz doubt comes from the fact that I'm just a jarhead. You know, I'm just a fucking. <laughs> straight jarwin fanboy dude if starwin didn't tear his acl we'd probably win a super bowl last season agreed 
but no. So overall, I'm uh, I, I'm going to say the Cowboys for me get like a C plus B minus. Um, I love the second round pick. I love the third round pick. Uh, I think most of the draft, most of where the draft grading, quote unquote, comes in, it's your first three picks. Like that's where you're getting meaningful talent for the most part. And I think the Cowboys did a great job on two of those three picks. The first, the first pick is the one that's going to, it's just going to have to see how it pans out. Um, if that kid turns into a starting left tackle in the NFL, this draft is great. This is a great draft. They addressed multiple needs, like amazing. If that kid's a bust, then you're looking at a team that, lost multiple starters on, you know, across a team that pushed into the playoffs is only a couple years away from having to pay guys like CD Lamb and Micah Parsons and drafted a developmental tackle. So it's either going to look like a stroke of genius or the fucking dumbest move they've made in quite some time. Um, And obviously I hope it's, it's that they look like geniuses. I want the Will McClay. I want this to be one of Will McClay's master strokes. Um, they, but for right now, they, I'm going to give it a B minus C plus. Uh, again, like Zach said, compared to our NFC East rivals, not nearly as fun, not nearly as cool. But we didn't really have the opportunity to go out and make big splash picks like that. There's a reason those teams got to do that, and I don't think that those teams necessarily improved themselves in a way where I'm scared of them. Um, I still think the Cowboys have the best chance of winning this division. I don't see a talent differential in this draft that makes me say okay the eagles or the giants or the commies are now the team to be in the division um yeah you, so you yeah do a little brief talk about the division real quick sure because it's probably gonna be our last podcast yeah let, until preseason so yeah i want to i'll let me let me give my grade and then i'll we'll quickly do that i was cool. i was gonna give him a c plus man we already covered That's everything all. you don't need your input. i know you did but i have a i have a theory or i have a, a thing i want to do where I'm going to write down our grades, and we're going to do one-year, three-year, five-year reviews of draft grade. So this like year, okay. Zach did B, Andy did, we'll say B-. minus. I'll give it like an 80, or maybe C+. Plus. I'm going C+. Plus. Um, and anyway, we'll review in three years. Here we go. And then maybe like maybe it. if we want to do another off-season pod, we can – I'll look through the tapes and see if me and Andy had one three years ago on the 20. 20- I guess it'd be 2019. Shit, drive. even even just our our analysis of Micah, dude, is funny to go listen to now. Where we're just like, I mean, he's fine. Oh, yeah. He could be cool. Yeah, that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be real fun to listen to in next season, where we just absolutely were pissed. So, and to be yeah, fair, Patrick absolutely. Sertan did ball last year. So, yeah, absolutely, he would not have been a bad pick at all. Um, so, as far as the NFC East goes. Uh, I guess we'll start with the, the Giants since they were the first to pick. They had the fourth pick. They had the uh, – sorry. They had the fifth pick. They had the seventh pick. Um, they did a great job with these. At five, they took Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. And at seven, they took Evan Neal out of Alabama. So great. Pick. Uh, they got – yeah, they, they got probably the – they technically the third defensive end off the board, but – the guy many people think could be the best defensive end in the draft and a, what many are expecting to be a franchise tackle, something that the, I loved him. Giants he was my number have, one. The giants have pursued a, a starting franchise grade tackle in 
free agency in the draft for damn near a decade. So if Evan Neal is the answer to their prayers and Kayvon Thibodeau is as good as advertised, this is a home run draft for the Giants. For sure. Yeah, the Giants, he's, Giants he's, killed it. I'm he's certainly jealous. not going to be Eric Flowers 2.0 when they took Yeah, I certainly hope not. If he does, if, if, if he busts as bad as Eric Flowers, then the Giants are truly cursed because that's just like their curse overcoming what is objectively so, like ability <laughs> that we've seen from a guy like Evan the news, The news came out too that they are not – giving the fifth year option on Daniel Jones, which I think most expected. So it'll be really interesting to see. I think he's a bum. I really hope he plays just well enough that they give him like a, a Baker Mayfield. He's kind of, you know, I think he's a shittier version of Baker, but I hope he somehow stays around. Like I said in the chat, I hope that the kid, I hope they go like 0 and 11. So they're out of contention. And then he goes on like a murder spree and like has like seven 500 yard games in a row to end the year. And so they like think that he tricks them into thinking that he's like the, you know, broken through and they give him a huge max extension and he Brock Osweiler's them. Like that would be amazing. Yes, exactly. Just like seven games. Yes, seven games of total meaninglessness that he looks so incredible they're forced to give him a huge deal. Um, that would be incredible. Um, but yeah, like I said... A, uh, they took a receiver yeah. really high in the second round. I was just going to say Wandale Robinson. They Their receiver court caught zero touchdowns last year, which was or one touchdown, I think. Despite between. being like insanely highly paid, they have like a very... Yeah highly paid wide receiver core that yeah they spent all that money on kenny galladay who did nothing they took Kadarius tony in the first round who after one good game against dallas they were ready to call him a franchise player um now they're trying to well and just like the most in the most meaningless good game like he got they got their ass beat (laughs) and he caught a whole bunch of like he got a ton of yards dropped the only touchdown he had a chance to catch and got ejected so it was just like not a yeah. good game by yeah. any objective measure other than fantasy. Like, yeah. Um, so, so I think they're the furthest away from uh, contending this year. I would agreed. be most shocked if they won the division. Agreed. So next up is the, uh, I guess next up would be the Philadelphia Philly or Philadelphia Phillies, Philadelphia Eagles, who selected at thirteen. Um, so they came into this draft with three first round selections, which you know. Lots of chatter about what they would do at 13. They took Jordan Davis, um, the first uh, true defensive lineman off the board. Uh, this kid won the Outland Trophy and the Chuck Bender Neck Award. Uh, Big fucker, man. Nasty fucking player, dude. I mean, Jordan Davis is a freak. So this is going to suck to play against. Uh, after that, however, they uh, they squashed the rest of these. They traded these picks out and got A.J. Brown. And so... I don't know if the Eagles were a premium wide receiver away. I don't know if that was really their problem. And like Zach highlighted, well, with as as long as Hertz is there, I, yeah, I just don't know if if that's really worth no, that kind of draft to, capital. I I think he's a stud. I really do. But they're about to have to pay him a hundred million. Like I think you know yeah. DK Metcalf and him are Wait. teammates. They always get shown because they're they're freak athletes and they're like maybe Wait, two you, of the most jacked human beings that you'll see. But I'm sorry, what I, you think? Who is a stud? AJ Brown. Brown. Oh. Not Hurts. Okay, yeah. yeah it sorry. sounded like you were saying Hurts for a second. <laughs> sex, sex brain was about to melt no. on our screen. <laughs> I mean, um, I'd love it if they paid 
hurts 100 mil that'd be great but that'd be so no. sick aj brown sorry is a stud uh but that said i mean we saw what dk did when like russ was banged up last year like he was kind yeah. of invisible like having a elite wide receiver and no quarterback is hell because like there's nothing they can do for you so i don't know we'll see i mean if hurts can't get it done with this duo and then you know throwing goddard i mean that's three really highly compensated or highly drafted guys then he's definitely getting the boot so agreed agreed and so then all you have left in this division is the recently rebranded washington commanders uh washington communists um they picked right at 16 and i guess they decided that they wanted a wide receiver they decided that scary terry by himself wasn't enough um i again i don't know if that's their problem but they decided to go with Jahan Dotson from Penn State while Traylon Burks was still on the board. I think they're going to live to regret that decision, man. Um, I know that it's pretty much impossible for them to take any more defensive players because they've taken a first-round defensive lineman in every draft for like five years. Um, but, man, they're just not a good team, and Jahan Dotson was not the correct pick. Also... I, I know this is not how the universe works, but the fact that they busted so hard on Josh Doxson, like I just wouldn't have taken ago, the name. I wouldn't have the, taken exactly, the name. Exactly. Just too close, dude. Just too close. Like I wouldn't have invited that into the world. Yep. So yeah, I I drank their whole draft as D at best. They have players. Not, it's not gonna yeah. help them. Like that was yeah. I feel them the same as last year, basically. Just they were they Relevant. were drafting like a team that was only a couple pieces away, and I don't think that that's what they are. That's not even so, close to what they are. No, no. They're more so, like the Falcons than they want to admit. Yeah, I mean, even going into the second round, they took a backup player. Like they took a defensive tackle. I mean, you're not going to go like bench Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne. So, uh, this kid uh, Mathis, I guess you're just going to like have him learn. That's very strange. Um. I'm trying to see who they took in the third round. Doesn't look like they had a third round pick. I think they traded him for Wentz. Or was that their second? Ah, yes, it might be. It might be. Oh no, they got a comp. They got a compensatory pick. They took Brian Robinson Jr., the running back from Alabama. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, just like okay, sure. Like a lot of people didn't like their draft. They no, you know, this is pretty experts. bad. This so. is pretty bad. And I forgot uh, Wentz is back in our division. That'll I completely forgot that as well, and I've been reminded that like four times by other yeah, people. Yeah, that's I just, that's hilarious. Keeps sliding out of my mind. I don't think they contend either. You know, they they seem like a if they make the playoffs, that'd be very surprising to me for them or the Giants. Yeah. So I think uh, I think the Cowboys again, like the universe has shined upon you, like they've given you a very very friendly division you get a friendly schedule like let's find out let's find out what they can do with uh with this talent so yeah boys well we didn't talk sorry to nfl draft i do want to say we didn't talk fully about where we think philly is about oh, dallas yeah, yeah. they become like the chic pick if you just looked at a me i think that's just draft type they had a good draft and they also got nicobe dean in the third aj brown you know, they, they had a nice they, draft that Devonta Smith last year, most. but they did. I, say, it's just, they're weirdly I like, I see people picking them 
But I will say this to people picking them. They're 16th in Vegas odds. Dallas is tied for ninth. So Yeah, I would not think the Eagles is better than the Cowboys. Not even the Eagles yeah, are know. 30 to 1 odds to win it all. Dallas is 16 to 1 odds. I mean, not that Vegas is, you know, not that odds mean everything. No, but I mean, dude, as long as you got hurts, you're just very vulnerable to getting your ass beat. Mm-hmm. Like that's just I, just such a systemic weakness. I will say it's it's going to be between us and Philly for the division again. Um Without I, doubt. I mean, those will be our important games. You know, last year Philly didn't beat a single team with a winning record, and they like to march around like they had a good season. They beat up on a lot of bad teams. I mean, Dallas did the same thing, but we at least beat one or two teams. We beat their season. ass. And we beat their ass twice. I mean, their ass. We beat them by like 50 points combined. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Philly went nine and eight last year. I think they're probably their, about that. Maybe they're a 10 probably and seven. They're, I was going to say, I think they're a 10 and 17 now. Um, the Giants, like if Neil and Thibodeau both ball out, I think they can go from four and thirteen to maybe like seven and ten. Uh, I'm whatever their over under is for the season. I'm slamming the under again. They yeah, suck. They're fair. gonna get beat up by the division. And then Washington was seven and ten last year. I could totally see them going. I could see Washington going seven and ten or ten and seven. Honestly, if their defense like suddenly returns to two years ago for them, they could be pretty. They could be a tough out. What if Wentz is good? He won't be. I'm not if worried Wentz about that at all. Dak. God, oh, yes, we yeah. can get the Wentz and Dak. Combo. Hell yeah, let's do that again. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, what the Cowboys look like in camp. Uh, that's coming up in only a few short months. Uh, so, I yeah, know this boys. pod's gone on forever. I got one thing, and Zach said this at buffalo wild wings i'm gonna make him put it oh, on wax i was going to it- i was waiting for this to all wrap up i can just jump in right now if you'd like yeah, okay throw okay. out the hot take i've always been a big dak fan my faith though in his ability to lead us to a soup bowl has started to erode and as i told ben and i planned and am telling everyone right now if our offense barring major injury if our offense prevents us from making the playoffs this year, I will be done with Dak. I will say it is time for us to start figuring out how we are going to move on. Because with this defense and the offense that we have, there is no valid excuse. Now, it could be another excuse, such as an injury or something like that. But at a certain point, how many of these excuses is Dak Prescott going to have? How much is he just going to be like that guy who's always late? He has excuses, but you know deep down that if those excuses didn't happen, he'd find a way to be late anyways. That's what I'm starting Man. to feel like with Dak. <laughs> That's like the – okay, but like Dak is not ever late. Like <laughs> Dak, Dak is like the most – the best leader this team's ever had. But Dak had failing. effectively in all – I mean, sure. Like, I think you're focusing too much on the specifics of the late comment. I was just using that as a day-to-day example I get of a person it. I get who has it. excuses for why they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Because you always hear someone excuse for why they're late. Uh, Okay, I I guess I'll say this. In your opinion, should 28 teams in the NFL be looking for a new quarterback? Because, like, Dak's better than – Dak last year was better than, like, you know, I mean, yes, they should have their eyes open. I'm not saying we need to get rid of Dak. Like, oh, leave him on – don't put him on the plane. I'm not saying any of that, but I'm saying we need to – Sure. Okay, we need to start figuring out what we're going to do at quarterback. For the future, we yeah, can't I mean, just ride man, that. I, I just, I just really don't know if looking at this team, you can be like, well, 
certainly this defense that has four whole guys on it, they they can't possibly improve anymore. And this offense with this uh, recently christened boy genius who gets totally out-schemed by anyone he goes up against worth a shit, he's not the problem. And our oh, head no, coach, oh, who is totally I, garbage, I he say, can't be the problem. I it's got to be Dak. That's, I did that's not a say strange take. if the Cowboys don't make the playoffs. I say if the offense prevents us from making the playoffs. Okay, oh, well, sure. I think uh, to my two cents under this, this wonderful discussion that I love uh, hearing unfold, I think uh, to 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 my uh, companion's point, I I and I mean Andy here. I would I would say um, Kellen would be probably the first to go in a hierarchy of Agreed. failure of offense. McCarthy probably shortly after before Dak. But I will say of all that, he's the man making the most money, and he did. I won't say his other playoff losses are on Dak, but I do think last year was the first loss where I put most of the blame on his that's that's totally fair i'm not gonna sit here and i'm not even saying like dak prescott is a perfect qb who is a the greatest in the world i'm saying that like out of all the scenarios that i'm worried about derailing this team the if we miss the playoffs next year because of the offense those are both like i mean i don't think we're gonna miss the playoffs and if we do i don't know if it's gonna be because of the offense so we're talking about like you know the number one offense in the NFL last year. So like they were, they were the only reason we were in the playoffs last year at all. Man, if they do well, miss would... the playoffs and the offense takes a step back though, it'll be sure. There'll be a lot of noise and there'll I'm be a saying, lot of changes. You know, it's like the, um, that's a big, if the though. chiefs game last year, where like they were awful. the defense they were showed awful. up, the offense did it. That's, that's what if, I'm talking about. Like if we had a really like bad that month, all we, season, we, they had a really, I, I understand that, but there's also games where the, the the offense had to go out and put up 50 points and win. So, like, oh, I know, I know. You know I'm, but I'm no one's saying... no one's sitting no one's sitting around being like, well, if the defense can't get it together, we need to fucking cut Micah. Like, when is that giving I mean, us a full complete season? Ooh, this is interesting. Consistent, great season. His rookie year. And that's when else, dude? Because that's okay. my thoughts. Like, his rookie season. And he's had excuses, and they've been valid excuses. Obviously, don't even try to go to the injury. I'm not counting that one. You know, the defense is garbage, and he has to throw 500 yards a game, so we only lose by six. Okay, he's going to burn out physically and mentally. I I think That's that been several years. I think that, that I think that under any I think under any real objective measure, Dak was very successful last year. He was, and also at the same time, they were very disappointing in the last half of the season by the same yes as sure. a team his, and him being yo, the leader and i mean romo used to get the same talk it's as funny he, as i could see andy exasper we used this is literally where romo he's reached the romo point in his year yep. where like when he first joined there were people that loved it and a few people they're like i don't think he's got what it's in him and slowly that ratio the people who just think like he had just it like in i believed him, in romo till the very end i'm probably gonna believe in Dak till the very end like that just is what it is and I think that people really, really drastically underestimate how difficult it is to find a franchise quarterback in this league. And the number oh. of human beings on the planet well, better than Dak Prescott at, at quarterback is so infinitesimally small that the idea that we could go out and find someone better than Dak, even if we started trying today, it might take us five years. It might take us seven. Which did you hear in the third round? Uh... Tennessee apparently traded up to Malik because they thought Dallas was going to take him. 
that was their thought. That was their buzz. I thought that was interesting. They took Malik Willis QB from uh, we wound up taking yeah, obviously from our Liberty. Wives. I know. Yeah, yeah, I did not know that was the buzz. I I would be supremely just, surprised if that was true. I do. I do too. It just it's weird that they specifically mentioned Dallas by name for why they traded up. Because so because again, at that point, like you're admitting that this team's in a soft rebuild. Like if you are using third round, you're not trying to win right now. Like you're not. Like you, you do need multiple starters. You do need you a start- better. QB than Cooper Rush, who, by the way, did go one and zero last year for the the Crush Army. But. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, again, like, yes, if if Dak completely falls apart and sucks, and they miss the playoffs in a weak division, sure, all kinds of questions will be asked. No, I'm not saying again that like this is gonna be easy or like oh like get rid of him now, get the first quarterback you find or anything. But I'm saying that yeah, at that point, I'm gonna say okay, like if. Let's say there were good quarterbacks in this draft, and we had the opportunity to you draft would move a him. fairly good quarterback. We would probably trade down because we don't want a quarterback. We have one. Of course not. We have one. We're but good. I'm saying, but again, man, like the, the idea year, that there's a good quarterback the idea available. That, look, the idea that any quarterback, even in the first round, is going to be as good as Dak is like a five percent chance. Like in years where you have Robert Griffin the third and Andrew Luck come out, neither of those guys are as good as Dak. Neither one. Trevor Lawrence comes out. He's the greatest quarterback prospect in the last decade. Not as good as Dak right now. Like it's so hard to choose that. So like burning first round draft capital when you have a shrinking window, like the window for this team to win is short. So like, yeah, I agree. Like they're not going to be good forever. They're going to have to pay. They're going to have to pay CD. They're going to have to pay Micah. Like they've got probably a year, maybe two, before they're going to have to make some really serious decisions about this. And I think you ride with Dak through at least that window. Whoa. Like, there is no scenario in my head where in the next two years they're moving on from Dak. He has a huge contract anyway, but I, so I don't think they move on, even if, I mean, that, that's good. But I, Zach's point, I, I, I do just want to say if they fail, he does start interestingly start falling in the category of where I put like Tannehill and Kirk where they're good. They're too good to replace instantly. Then I put on like the top five, See, 10, but I'm saying, like, but, but that said, we're, 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 we're talking an ifs here. I, we yeah, haven't even seen it. I said, start to prepare. I did not say <laughs> get rid of or replace immediately. Or as soon as you have anyone else, throw them out. I'm saying acknowledge that. Okay. The window's gone. We need to restart rebuilding. Well, yeah, I mean, keep them as long as, as you can. As, like, but like, if uh, that's, yeah, okay, that's yeah, that, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's, that's 28, 29, 30. What? Uh, so like, How old is he? Because I mean, quarterbacks, right? Because I mean, quarterbacks are good until they're like he turns tw- he turns twenty nine in July. Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks don't really. I mean, some don't even enter their prime until their early thirties. Like. They still and get let, better. Romo got and better. And let's and let's at least acknowledge that from a physical standpoint, from a like passer standpoint, Dak was better this year than he has ever been. Like until the calf strain, absolutely yes. Yeah. And even then, well, yeah, even okay, good. even even in the second half, disappointing piece of the year. The only reason we looked at that as disappointing is because we had seen the what first couple months of the year where he looked like this world beater, like MVP candidate two years ago. That second half of the year looked like that's what Dak Prescott is. People were pretty convinced in 2017 that Dak was this like, oh, he's not really that great of a passer. Like he can't really develop into this, blah, 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 blah. 
Then the first two years, someone first, saying be great if our receivers had uh, hands for feet. Yeah, I mean, like the be, first five. Yes, I know. I know. First, first five weeks of this year, Dak played so well. I mean, the Tampa Bay game opening night was a great example of this. He played so well that people immediately were like, "Okay, this is what we have now. Dak is going to be held to this level of, you know, this." And maybe he was playing above his pay grade. We've seen guys do that. We saw Carson Wentz do it for eight weeks, like where that one year where he had these eight weeks of playing MVP caliber ball, get hurt, come back, never be the same again. He's never returned to it. Um, I don't think that's Dak only because Dak has very steadily improved every single year he's been in the league. He is such a good prep guy. He is such a good practicer. He is such a good team leader. I'm, very confident in his ability to be very sharp and prepared at every, every single year. I'm, I'm not worried about that piece of the equation. Um, but yeah, obviously like if you get to a point where you feel like your team is closed or your windows closed and you are, have this bloated quarterback contract and you don't think he's the guy, then of course you're going to look around. But as of now, like, man, there's just so few guys that I would take over Dak and I'm not saying that I, you know, like, yeah, if you give me one of the top like seven or eight QBs in the league, then sure. But like to have the 10th to seventh best QB in football, I think that's, you can win a Super Bowl with that. Eli Manning was never that good and he has two rings. So sure. I think it's possible. Well, I look forward to this, uh, this debate throughout the season. I look forward to a good, a good Z Love take. Well, I hope we don't have this debate. I hope he balls out. <laughs> I hope that my ultimatum never occurs. Yeah, that would be excellent. I would really, I mean, of course, we would love a drama free. I'm more than the quarterback situation. I'm way more interested this year around the running back situation. Like, I'm way more I interested. Don't in- know if. Zeke is here after this season. Um, they have an out in his contract after this season. It's highly unlikely to me that you keep paying Zeke what you're paying him for the production you're getting. Well, Tony Pollard is in a contract agent. here. Yep. Yeah. So how do they use those guys? You, you know, I think at this point it's worth exploring the idea of like giving Pollard the majority of the snaps and using Zeke in a more specialized role for goal line, short yardage type stuff. Um, so I'm interested to see how they do that because I do think that Dak as a, as a player in general is a thousand times more effective when he has an effective running game. And as soon as like Zeke took that injury and became way less effective, we saw a marked decrease in Dak's effectiveness too. And the overall effectiveness of the offense, like, once Kellen couldn't run the ball down anyone's throat, all that creativity went out the window. Well, that's very true. And I think that's a big thing for Kellen. And talking about Dak, what I'm actually most interested to see is not his arm. It's does he like run for first downs ever again? Does he ever get the the old you know read option play called for him any again? Because that yeah, was a I nice, mean, it nice was trade for him. If so, the guy can throw, he can be effective without it. But if yes, the guy it, can throw for nice forty five hundred yards and forty touchdowns, Fair. I don't think you risk doing that because losing. He, he did a little bit last year. I, I know he did very shockingly, and sometimes for unnecessarily. But he would oh, do for it. sure. And 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 don't get me wrong. Like 
regardless of what the coaches call, like Dak's a gamer. And so for better or for worse, like in certain situations, we're going to see him take off. I mean, that's just, you know, he's going to want those first downs, even if they, it's a bad idea. Hence, you know, the slide game being a, a perfect example of, um, and I don't know if we ever really got a final answer on like what that whole situation was there. Like if he was told to do that as a second option or if he totally made that call on his own or if. No, they I called it. They, they just, called it. That's what I remember hearing. They called it. They they said they practiced it and they should have had enough time to spike it. But it is what it is. That sucks. That sucks. So, I don't want to right. live that moment. No, that was super shitty. And. Unfortunately, Dak's probably two most painful losses in the playoffs have both been uh, filled with both like moments of late heroics and also late heartbreak. Like his game well, against the the Packers was like vintage Dak, just like willing the team almost by himself to come back from a twenty point deficit, running in the two point conversion to tie the game up with like ten seconds left, only to watch Aaron Rodgers with the assist of a really great hold pull off you know, a 50 yard pass to set up the game winning field goal. And well, then this third, one. So third, it sucks. We're, we're three and nine in the Remo deck era in the playoffs. So, I mean, I, hopefully we could two more, but we're the only team besides the lions that has a win percentage in the playoffs below 25% since the year 2000 or something so well first of all it's right at 25 percent. so whoever made up that stats yeah. bad at math oh um, all right boys well we're off and running into another year the cowboys have their that's a players. great discussion at the end of the pod i loved it i like it i like it mm-hmm. so they're going to get into training camp in july um this is going to be baby goats first fucking cowboy season dude Oh, gonna be watching his forever cursed dude. Just fucking, he's gonna, he doesn't even know it yet, but he's just gonna slowly be indoctrinated into this horrible cult of pain and sorrow. What if, what if they win three Super Bowls? What if they win three Super Bowls by the age of, by the time he's five, like us, and And then then never win again? And then, and then he's our age and they just haven't won in 30 years again. Hey, low key, I'll make that sacrifice for him. I'll I'll, I'll fuck with it. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, he can, he can deal with that shit. I did, like, he can have his own kids. It builds character. We could be pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, all right, boys. Well, anything, any other thoughts about the draft before we get out of here? No, we, uh, we take that one out. Real quick, what the hell is what never mind. Actually, well, since I already brought it up. All right. Uh what's going on with the comedy owner? He was getting he was stealing from the NFL. Oh, sorry, Mr. Then, Snyder. Mr. Yeah, Snyder. Mr. Snyder. Mr. And Snyder. nothing I heard nothing about it. Like Congress found out he was robbing people. He was lying to the NFL, committing fraud, and then just yeah. nothing. Yes. Like even that, man. Like even stealing from the NFL, the NFL is just going to be like, dude. Nah. That's I don't know like, what it on. is about Dan Snyder, but he's bulletproof. Like he is like just an, a ten times convicted scumbag. Um, they like there was there was talk in April that he was going to be forced to sell a team, and then that just disappeared. So no, it's just. Especially given that it's happening in their backyard, you know, like you'd think that because they're like they're in DC, like that's like kind of the the statement front, like when foreign dignitaries are in the United States to meet the president, they're getting taken to these games. You know what I mean? Like they have a box for the president at their stadium. Like you'd think that this would be like the most scrutinized 
franchise. And it seems like it's completely the opposite. Like they are pretty much allowed to do whatever they want. And man, they do some horrible, horrible shit. Um, it's fucking crazy. It is wild the NFL never punished them for that. Maybe they will, but... They are talking about moving the team, however. I'll believe it when I see Where? Um, uh, so there is a... Uh, let me read the thing here. North Dakota? An- the Anchorage no. Whalers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a. It's actually pretty close. It's uh. Prince George's County in Maryland. So they would they would remain a they would remain the same team name and everything, but they would move to a new location in a different state and be out of the district. Wow, big one. That'll show them. This is just another classic example of like NFL owners making billions of dollars in profit and then when it's time to build a stadium being like I'm so poor. I need tax money to build this. Can you guys help me or I'm going to leave? Yeah. Yeah. Scumbag league, man. Scumbag league. Well, that's that's our offseason. Draft offseason. If more happens, we'll rejoin you. You know, it'll be pretty quiet from now until camp, except for the slow hype as it grows and grows and grows and grows. So Yeah, I assume we'll be back for a, like – just a general preseason episode, maybe towards the end, like after week three of preseason, we'll do kind of a camp slash preseason game review. Maybe week one. We'll see. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So, um, yeah, this is a, this is a, I, I'm excited to see how the Cowboys look in camp. I mean, we said at the time when they lost that game, like it's going to be interesting to see as a gut check for the Cowboys coming off a season like that. So we'll find out what they're doing, man. I'm excited. So, all right, boys. Any final thoughts? Not from my. No, I'm good. All right. Well, as always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our this special elongated episode of Boys Will Be Boys and our review of the draft. If you like what you heard, feel free to like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating. We certainly appreciate any and all interaction from the fans. If you have a question, feel free to give us a shout on Twitter or shoot us an email at boyswillpod at gmail.com. As always, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Jalen Tolbert, fuck with me. Peace.